everyone. Welcome back to Well Then, a podcast about all things wellness and putting your health first. I'm your host, Megan Scherer, and I'm excited to welcome you all back to day five of the special series about breast implant illness and women who've decided to get their breast implants removed. Today's guest is a new friend of mine in the fitness industry who I'm so excited to introduce to all of you. Tana Eubanks-McCoy is a fitness professional of over nine years. She is an IFBB bikini pro, four-time champion, five-time Olympian, cover model, and athlete. She has put over 1,000 women through her online training programs and is a posing coach for amateur and professional bikini competitors all over the world. She owns a gym with her husband, Greg McCoy, called Hidden Gym in Dallas, Texas. And she's here today to share her story with all of you. And I'm really excited for you to hear more of this because as somebody who's still in the fitness industry, it is so great that Tana is now challenging the narratives of what women are supposed to look like in this industry and what's acceptable and what's not. And so she's here today to tell you more about her journey with getting breast implants as a young woman and why she decided to get them removed and how she's feeling now that they're out. Hey, Tana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, how are you? Thank you I'm so, so much good. for having me. Of course, I'm so excited to dive more into this conversation with you and, and share with our listeners more about your story and, and what you've been going through. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it. And I just thank you so much for wanting to share my story. You know, I, I just I think it's so great that you're wanting to reach out to other women, hear their stories and have their stories help other women all over the world. You know, that's all we can do. So I really appreciate you letting me be a part of that. Oh, of course. You know, it's kind of like we were talking about just before this, that you never know when when one person's story can change everything for you. And I just, I hope that, you know, all the women coming on this show and all the women women listening can get something from each other. And, and hopefully, you know, we all learn and grow together. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, it was you know, one girl, I mean, there were multiple girls that helped me, but it was, you know, a specific video that I watched that opened up my eyes and led me to my decision. So, I mean, it just, it really does work and it helps. So. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't realize we kind of shared that piece in common and it's, it's funny how like this is, you know, and we'll dive in more into your story to kind of set the stage first, but um, how, sometimes when you're making such a big decision, you do need that little external piece of courage or validation to, to really push you to, to making the decision and going through with it. Well, yeah, absolutely. And especially with such a unknown territory, right? Like yep. nobody knows anything about any of this. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'd love to kind of dive into the beginning of, of your story when it comes to um, your your implants and then um, eventually ultimately explants. So to set the stage, what when did you first make the decision to get implants put in and what was that process like and what was the motivation behind it? Yeah. So I um, I got my implants whenever I was 21 years old. And that was nine years ago. So that was in 2010. And, you know, I was 21. So that kind of says a lot right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm like, I'm young, I'm on my own. And I just wanted boobs. Like, I just, you know, there's not really a whole lot to say other than, you know, that. Um, now, I will say I am a uh, IFBB bikini professional. So I've been a uh, pro athlete for the past uh, nine years as well. Um, and so also in our industry, it's like, you know, when you're doing any kind of modeling or bikini anything, you know, it's kind of standard to want breasts if you don't have them naturally or to get them if you don't have them naturally. And so that was kind of more of a, you know, um, motive to get them. Um, regardless, I just had always wanted some. I wasn't always a big, you know, boobed girl. I was always like a size A, you know, maybe a full B on a good day. And, um, and I just wanted to make that decision. And so I went in at 21 
it was a fairly easy process, believe it or not. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, like all these years later, and now after removing mine, I'm like, oh my God, I was like, feel like such a baby at 21 to make such a big decision. And it's like, you just don't really think about it, but like, you're going under the knife, like they're putting you to sleep and you're going to wake up with these new foreign things in your body. Like you just don't really think about it then. Right. Like it Mm. just, it was a super easy process, but, um, you know, I was 21, wanted, wanted bigger boobs. I was in, um, you know, my career was kind of taking off in the fitness world and it just all kind of worked out. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fairly easy going in, just a, a normal procedure <laughs> for everybody, I guess, nowadays. Um, I went with um, saline implants. Um, I think I was at like 350 cc's, so not very big. I made it very adamant when I went in there. Look, like I don't want to be walking out of here falling over. <laughs> like I just want a little something to fill this gap in a little bit. Like can we just fill my bra up. And so we got that and I was very happy. Um, I loved them. They were perfect for me right then, the size, everything. Um, I I didn't realize now, but like the saline smooth under the muscle was what I got. But um, then the brand was Mentor. So back then that didn't mean anything to me. But nowadays, as I'm sure you know, that means everything. (laughs) Right. So that's yeah, kind of the startup process of it all. And so had you, you were already um, competing at a pro level in the IFBB when you got them or did you get them prior to that? So I had, okay, so I, it's hard for me to kind of, oh, I've like done like a gazillion shows. So many shows, <laughs> so yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, mm, I'm missing back on that. And I've slept and, and everything since then, but um, I'm kidding. So I, my first show was in 2010, my first show ever. And I turned pro there shortly afterwards, I think just that following year, um, it just was in nine months, I think, that I turned pro, but it had already turned into 2011. Um, so I got them, I think, just maybe a few months before I turned pro. Like, it okay. was like... But you were already competing. Yes, I was already competing. Yeah. Um well, in the fit in the fitness world now, backpedaling. I've been doing all sorts of things my whole life. Like I grew up doing beauty pageants, and I did all kinds of sports, and it's just always been in my blood to do some type of performing or of some degree. That's just what I've always wanted to do: modeling, etc. Um, and then, so yeah, I had started competing in the fitness world in the NPC IFBB, and I had already done shows previous to that, but it was. I think I got my implants and then I was at a a junior show, like a national show. And then I turned pro at that show. So the whole rest of my career, I've had a breast implant. Okay. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's so interesting that you kind of alluded to the fact that it was such a normal decision at the time. I was, I was just talking to another um, woman about this who was a former competitor Um, Mm -hmm. about how it is so normalized in that industry. And it's this huge decision to cut open your body, go under the knife, under anesthesia, like you said. But because it's so normal in that industry, like it seems like such an easy decision to make. Like, yeah, I'll just get implants. Like, no big deal. And that to me is is so wild. It is. I know. And that's why I was saying right now, I'm like, even me telling the story like 400 million times now, I still like when I'm talking about, I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe. Like, I just was like, yeah, let's just go do it. You know, like it literally was like one consultation with a doctor felt great with them. A ton of my other girlfriends that I had at that time had gone to him and had great success and looked phenomenal coming out you know so I was like yeah what what could it hurt yeah (laughs) like everybody else is doing it and it's fine and it's just it's normal I mean it was literally normal and especially especially in that era that 2009 Mm -hmm. 10 11-ish era like 10 years ago they were like booming like getting just breast implants was just like a normal like thing (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. everybody was getting them. 
Totally. And you know, what, what scares me is that it's become over the years, it's become more and more normal for um, even younger girls to be getting them like 21 for you was really young, but like there are teenagers now getting implants, which is horrifying. I, I know. I know. I've, I mean, like 18 year olds. I mean, you, I think you have to be 18. I, God, I hope. I, I yeah. don't know. Well, and Maybe I think it's... you still need parent approval before 20, age 21. But the right. fact that like parents are allowing it, that teenagers are like, yep, this is something I need and want at age 18. Yeah. That's just, wow. I like these, these conversations need to be had. I know, I know. And and it's so funny that you say that because in all honesty, I was that 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like I was that 18-year-old that was like, hey, can I get um, breast implants? And my mom was like, uh, absolutely not. Like, what are you even asking that for? That's ridiculous. Yeah. And Yay, mom. This, yeah. And this sounds like really harsh and crude but now looking at it I'm like oh this is pretty funny but my dad legit said I'm not buying any boobies I can't touch so no oh my god <laughs> like and but it's for real like why would I do that like that's that's no you're not asking me to do that like I'm not buying boobs like that's ridiculous and it's true it's so funny and it's it's very crude but it's very true <laughs> I mean regardless of his reasoning thank goodness he didn't he didn't buy them and and, and he saw like how how ridiculous that was because yeah, that, and that that was his point. Was he was like, "Do you understand how ridiculous this sounds? Like this is right. <laughs> no." So yeah, no. Thank goodness, my parents were um, a lot more on that. Had I had they let me, that was a scary thing. I would have them at eighteen years old. But yeah, yeah, it is scary that they do, and and I see it more often, especially in the uh, in the fitness world. I do see it more with younger girls because I'm a posing coach for bikini girls and I have a lot of young girls that come in and they already have breast implants that or they're about to get them or want to get them or whatever so I I see it a lot how does that how does that make you feel now having gone through your your journey with having implants and then explanting them and seeing those young girls coming in like that yeah, it just makes me scared, you know, like, I mean, it makes me feel a little bit like, you know, big sister role, like, I just need to kind of fair warn you, you know, or I, I mean, like, I'm, some people, I think, you know, would think that you'd be like, oh, my gosh, why would you do that to yourself? But I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Like, you at the end of the day, you're a big girl, right? You're a big girl. You can make your own decisions. Like we, you know, you got to make the decision for yourself. All I can do is tell you my experience and hope that it opens your eyes and just makes you aware. Um, but it terrifies me. Like I just instantly think of myself at 21 being completely naive and gullible and just like, just, thinking, well, this is, this is normal. Everybody does it. What it's not going to hurt me. And especially me at that age too, with, um, thinking that I got the safe ones, right? Right. That was the whole reason I was telling you I got saline, I got smooth because those were considered the safe ones, but yet those are the ones that are now being investigated by the FDA and the ones that nearly killed me. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it terrifies me when I see girls, you know, wanting to do that, or if they ask me about it, it, it just, you know, I, I just hope and pray like that they don't and that they hear my story and it opens their eyes and they just kind of research a little bit more. I don't want to scare anybody or just try to just talk them out of it right then, but I just hope that it at least helps them in their research at the least. Yeah, I think that's that's such a great point to reiterate before we dive any deeper that the whole point of, you know, you sharing your story, this episode and this whole series isn't to shame anybody uh, out of making a decision they want to make or for having made a decision. Um, it's it's about education. It's about like sharing our stories with having been there ourselves, getting implants, experiencing what that does to you not just physically, but emotionally and mentally as well. And all the implications of, of, you know, what it means to 
change something about your body in such a permanent way. And then, yeah, hopefully from there, you can make your own empowered decision about what's best for you and your body. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough when you have like certain things kind of put, you know, in your face, I guess, like if you're like, oh, you should get boobs because it'll help you in this, but you're like, oh, but I shouldn't because these things, you know, it's like, it's hard to kind of look past some of those things that you think are good, but then at the end of the day, it's like, is it all even worth it? Right. Especially if you're sacrificing your health. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when it comes to your health um, and and the conversation around breast implant illness, when did you first realize that something was off and, and what were some of those symptoms you started to experience? So at first, you know, my, it's so hard because like, I just feel like everything was just like a massive explosion for mm-hmm. me. Um, I really didn't like think like anything was wrong with me as just in January, February of this year, I just started to not feel good. Um, but now, so before I continue on with the rest of everything now that I, you know, I've gone through everything I've explanted, I've had lots of sit down time and thinking about all of this. Now I realize that symptoms started probably three, four years ago. Um, and I just never connected the dots because I was always, um, prepping for a show or competing. And I just always would correlate some things that I were, I was feeling or going through with, uh, being tired and exhausted from contest prep and owning a business. And, you know, I just always blew it off as something else. Um, and then I, my skin started to get really bad. So I just, you know, thought, oh my gosh, I just have bad, uh, adult acne. I'm getting adult acne, or I thought it was makeup or working out too much, you know, like there was little things here and there that I just kept like thinking that were just like in normal life. Like you're tired, you're getting old, you're, um, exhausted and your joints hurt and your muscles ache because you're a pro athlete and you train six days a week hard. You know, I, I never fully like connected them to, oh my gosh, this is probably breast implant illness. I had no idea of breast implant illness at that time anyways. So mm-hmm. it was like, I, I couldn't have correlated it, but now looking back, I would say about four years ago, and then it was just a massive explosion of symptoms probably 50 plus symptoms, uh, starting in January, February. Um, and, and it just, just escalated. I think I would probably be on here for five hours if I told you every detail of the symptoms. Um, but just, I mean, a massive explosion of fatigue and hair loss. And I had these sharp shooting pains all over my body muscle aches, my joints locked up uncontrollably. Like I just, I couldn't even move them. They were just like cramped up from my fingertips down to my toes. My skin was just horrible. My eyes were bloodshot and they were almost yellow, like jaundice color. I mean, those are just like your basic big symptoms that were happening, but I had a slew of other things that were going on as well. Wow. And yeah, I mean, that's something that we've been reiterating on this show is that breast implant illness is such a large cluster of symptoms and and it can look really different from woman to woman. Um, Yeah. There are some that definitely overlap that a lot of women share, but, but every woman's experience is a little bit, little bit different. And so that's why it can be so easy to, to, explain away or justify like, oh, you know, it's not my implants that are making me sick. It's this. It's that I'm an athlete. It's, you know, that I'm an entrepreneur, whatever, whatever excuses we want to make because we don't want to have to confront the truth that it's these things we put in our bodies. Yeah. I mean, I just, and I, you know, it wasn't even really for me, you know, again, like it wasn't about like confronting, you know, I just literally just had no clue. Like I literally had no clue and nobody could give me any answers. Like Mm -hmm. February, 
well, like January, February is when I got sick and I just went to doctor after doctor and was trying to figure out all these things, blood work, MRIs, x-rays, saw a neurologist. I saw, I talked to another neurologist on the phone. I saw multiple chiropractors, functional medicine. Like, I mean, I did everything and nobody had any answers for me. And, um, then it was, I think it was pretty much like, I just started like Googling stuff, which is never the right thing to do. But when nobody has a freaking answer, it's like, okay, I need something. Like there's no yeah. way that this is just normal. There's just no way. So I'm just searching around and um, really and truly two of my friends who have breast implants had been, we had been talking about it like weeks prior to when I got sick, which was super ironic because, um, in all honesty, I was not necessarily on board with the whole breast implant illness, like bandwagon. Like Mm. I just thought that it was a fad and I, I just, didn't think that everybody could get sick. I was like, there's just no way that all these girls are getting sick. Sure. I believe that you can get sick from the input. I, I see it, but I'm like, why are they all getting sick all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. I was talking to my girlfriends about it. And literally two weeks later, I get sick, but I wasn't correlating anything to the breast implant stuff. Like, you know, like I was not even thinking about that. I'm just thinking something is seriously wrong with me. So then it was, you know, after all the doctor's appointments and nobody can tell anything, it was like, I think I was Googling or looking around, um, on Facebook or whatever. And something popped up about the breast implant illness. And I was just like, Oh my God, I was like, I think that this is it. And so I reached out to my friends and just started talking to them about it. And they were like, yeah, I mean, I was telling you, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I understand that. So I got to researching some more. I ended up joining that uh, breast implant illness Facebook group, yeah. um, which I think most every woman is on nowadays. Um, and I just started religiously looking at everything in that Facebook group. And I was silent for months in that group. I never made myself, you know, uh, like I never told anybody that I was in it. I never like posted anything. I just wanted to just sit back and just watch things. So while I was still going to multiple doctors, like seeing specialists and all this stuff, I was watching this Facebook group, you know, behind closed doors. And I told my husband and we saw, um, a, uh, Oh my gosh, a plastic surgeon. (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting off track here. Uh, we saw a plastic surgeon had a consult with him he really was not on board. He was like, I don't think that this is a thing, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, okay, this is not the guy. I'm not going to go. No, no way. I was already at this point completely convinced this is my breast implants is what's happening. I have to remove these. I already knew full heartedly in my heart, like I, this is what's going on. Hmm. And, um, it took my husband a little while to kind of, you know, understand and feel that way too. But, Then we finally consulted with my ex-plant doctor, Dr. Brasley Hubbard here in um, Dallas. And um, that's, that's kind of where it went from there. So um, when, how long ago was it now that you got your, your implants taken out? Um, It was April 23rd, just this past April. Okay. So so a little over six months. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And what was that process look like? Did what did that process look like for you? Because some women have the experience that they get their implants out and they immediately feel relief of symptoms. Other women, it takes, you know, more time to start to feel better. And for some women, the detox process is is years. So, how did, right. how did that feel initially? And how are you feeling now, six months post explant? Right. Um. So, you know, I. I was terrified because, you know, that feeling going in to your explant, you're like, is this, is this this it? You know, is this going to fix me? Like, we don't even know, you know, and then, then you're thinking, gosh, I'm about to go under the knife. I'm about to go under anesthesia. Like, what if something is seriously wrong with me and I'm going under and then something happens because, 
you know, I'm, you just start thinking about all those things. And, um, so, you know, it, it turns out that, you know, everything went great and, um, I had a great surgeon. Um, he is one of the explant doctors on the breast implant illness website. Um, so I felt really good with that. And, um, the only thing that wasn't great for me coming out of surgery was that, um, my, my doctor came out and said that I had a lot of, uh, muscle tear. So mm-hmm. my left, um, pec rolled up like a window blind Wow! and my chest sternum in the middle rolled up like a window blind as well. So he had to go in and re-suture me. So he just, you know, kind of pulled those muscle bellies back down and re-sutured me on the left side and in that middle sternum. Wow. So he was able to successfully remove my implants with full total capsulectomy um, with the, you know, the capsules on the implants and remove it the most safe way out. Um, And that was a success. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it turns out that that was the worst part of surgery for me was that I just ended up having a lot more, um, muscle repair than we were anticipating. Um, and he thinks that that's really just kind of wear and tear. It's not because of, you know, the implant itself. It's just a matter of, I had them for nine years. They were under the muscle. I'm a pro athlete. I'm working out, you know, it's just wear and tear, unfortunately. Um, but it turns out too that my implants um, came back from a uh, pathology and they were positive for a bacteria. So my right one had a bacteria on it called um, Cutibacterium acne, which is just a really fancy word um, for just like a skin uh, bacteria. So mm-hmm. it basically happens upon um, the implanting um, so during the surgery for implants, um, that when they cut you open, it literally just kind of happens in that moment. And then it's in there <laughs> festering wow. for however long you have those implants. And that turns out that that was what my skin problems were. That was the, um, the acne, the skin, like, I wouldn't really call it acne. I hate to call it that because it wasn't like hormonal cystic acne. It was like right. these little raised, you couldn't even barely see them, tiny bumps all over from like my scalp down to my shoulder blades. Wow. Completely engulfed. I just, I felt like a dinosaur and um, it was the strangest thing. And so, um, you know, I guess that that's what that meant um, was you know, that it's, it's a bacteria, skin bacteria that happens upon, um, the, those implant surgery. And then when they remove them, they clean it out and, you know, there's nothing else to do, but to just take some antibiotics and clean out the, you know, area where it was and then remove the problem, which I did all of that. And, uh, shortly thereafter, all that stuff started to subside. But it was, um, it was really and truly nine hours later that I really saw a difference in uh, explants. So it was very visible. I have some before and afters. Um, they're on my Instagram. But it was literally two minutes before I rolled into surgery. And nine hours later, um, under the same lighting, um, it's literally just me standing there. And it's like clear as day. Um, which everybody has those before and afters, right? Like the face before and afters. Um, but that was the very first thing that I saw was, wow, like my face was clear. My eyes were clear. I had color back in my face and my lips, my skin looked soft. Um, it just was a noticeable difference. It's hard to say, um, if I really felt better because the anesthesia is like horrible, but I would say definitely within that first week to two weeks, I could tell that I was just more alert and like clear headed. Um, it's hard to say as far as the, uh, 
as pain in the body because you're in so much pain, right? right. Like with the surgery and especially with me, um, I had a lot more uh, muscle repair. So I was like really extra sore. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say by that third week, I was like, oh yeah, um, I'm really, really good. So, I mean, it was, it was really just kind of instant for me. Um, but I, I will say it wasn't just like smooth sailing from there. I mean, it's been kind of like an up and down wave, you know, for probably three months, I would go in and out of waves of like, oh my gosh, I kind of feel tired or, you know, run down or my skin wasn't clearing up or, you know, just notice little things here and there. But it was like, it was like a, a, a roller coaster, but one that was going uphill, if that makes sense. Right. <laughs> so it was like, like it's, we were, it's slowly we getting better. Along. Yeah. Yeah. But still yeah, up so and down. Like, yeah, totally. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And, and then, you know, mm -hmm. Oh, I was just going to ask when you heard, you know, from your surgeon that your, your muscle, your pec had, had rolled up, um, did, upon hearing that, were you able to like reflect back and be like, Oh, I could feel that something was off there. Like, was that something that you had sensed and, and you could feel within your body or you had no clue? Oh, totally. No, I, and that's, I'm glad that you asked that. Cause I don't ever think to like, talk about that or whatever but like previous whenever I just had my implants and I'm like I mean my left side was definitely not right and that's the side that needed to be resutured now I wouldn't have I there's no way that I've been like oh I think my pec is like you know right yeah, yeah. rolled up like I didn't co correlate it to being a muscle I just always thought you know oh this one's like sitting funny or that pocket because you know how um they have to open a pocket up for the implants to sit into yeah um, I just thought that that kind of had opened up um you know and just was kind of uncomfortable uh, I just I never really knew what it was but I knew it was off um it sat lower on my body um and it just it just hurt more um so yeah, definitely. I definitely knew something was not right with that left side. I just didn't know what it was. Um, and then when, so I was still under when my doctor came out and he told my mom and my husband and my husband knew how upset I was going to be because I mean, I'm an athlete. I don't want to like tear my muscles and like have to repair them. And like, yeah. I just, you know, I just, he knew I would be devastated. And so um, my doctor actually didn't tell me because I was really loopy coming out of anesthesia, um, but it was in the car on the way home. I started to kind of wake up and I was like, you know, what happened? Tell me, you know, was everything okay? And my husband told me and I just started like screaming, crying. <laughs> like I was completely devastated that, you know, he had to re-suture me. Like I was hoping it was just going to be like an easy breezy thing. Um, but yeah, I mean. Um, it, it turned out for the better in, in that case, though. <laughs> yeah, and that's something, you know, important to point out, too, that um, I think a lot of women experience when they have implants and, and women who are thinking about getting them might not realize that as much as everyone's body responds differently, even within your own body, each breast can respond differently. Like a lot of women ha will have issues with, with one more so than the other. Yeah. And that's and so common. Yeah, I know. I hear it from, you know, all my girlfriends that still have them. They say the same things or just women that I've reached out to in general. Like they, we all have that one. It's like, I always just called it my gimp one because <laughs> I just didn't know. I just didn't know what was wrong with it. I just knew it just, it didn't look the same. It didn't feel the same as the gimpy one. So, um, but it, you know, and it's, it's really something to say too. Um, it's just when you think about it, it's like, you know, it's so common to do under the muscle because it looks um, more natural. More, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's better. It looks more natural, whatever. But I'm like, okay, think about this. Once again, going in, you're not thinking about anything other than I just want bigger boobs. But thinking about this, you're like, okay, wait a minute. These doctors had to open my chest and literally detach my my chest muscles, pick them up, slide something 
foreign underneath them and then re-suture them back. Right. Like, like that is I mean, not like, natural. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, when I think about it. And uh-huh. I know it's graphic and I know it sounds horrible, but I just, I really feel like women need to hear that. A hundred percent. Those are the things that you don't think about. And those are the things that they don't tell you. Like right. they're not sitting there giving you the gory details. No, because <laughs> they're trying to make a sale ultimately. And yeah, totally. especially for women in, in the fitness industry, whether you compete or not, m- maybe you just have like a leaner body type under the muscle is so commonly recommended as like, oh, that's just the way to go. Because if you're lean, you don't want the implant to show and you don't want it to look weird. So yeah. that's another thing about it. That's just normalized. And we're like, okay, cool. Yeah, totally. Cut into my chest muscles. Yep. 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 It's so wild. <laughs> And I may add, like, if I can, when you were saying, oh, it'll be the better thing to do, especially when you're competing, it'll make them look better. That's a lie because I was always really lean and you could really tell. You can still see them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was like, you could, you are still going to see them. And granted, I'm still very grateful that I never went just overly huge. Like, I think a lot of people came up to me and were like, I didn't even realize you had implants. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what? But I mean, that's a good problem to have, but I'm like, I, still even not going very big and going under the muscle and going smooth and say, like, you could see, you could see them still, like you could tell. So it's, it's like, I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> and I don't know about you. I haven't actually like talked about this on, on the show yet, but for me, when I was um, training after I got, had gotten implants in, that was really weird for me. Like you're doing like a chest press or a fly or even a push up, and I could like feel the implant moving and that always really freaked me out. I don't know if you had a similar experience, but whenever I was training with them in, it was, I was so aware of them. Oh, Totally. No, no, no. I, I always talk about that because I get a lot of questions on that. Actually, they're like, how is training now without them? And I'm like, it's incredible. So much better. Yeah. You know, I forgot what it was like because it took me, I mean, I didn't train anything that had to do with chest at all for at least three years after getting them. Wow. Like anything chest related, I would not do doing a pull up, doing a push up, any kind of incline chest press, definitely no flat bench. Like, yeah. I mean, I, it took me a solid three years to do any kind of incline chest press, which in the long, like thinking about it too, as a fitness competitor, that ended up hurting me because mm-hmm. then it was harder for me to develop my upper body. Right. So it's like, okay, great. You got implants to make yourself fuller, but now you can't even train. Right. You know, like, I mean, at the time they served their purpose. You know, I, I hate to make it sound like, you know, what are you doing? It's just now at, you know, when you look back, you're like, golly, what, (laughs) what was going on in my head? Why did I do that? But, you know, it's like at that time, it's like they were fine. I was fine. Everything was fine. I didn't have any issues um, other than I just wasn't really able to work out chest. Um, but it, it was like that was just what I needed to do at that time. You know, it was it was fine. Um, but, yeah, I know it's definitely so much better. I, I like I can do everything. And, right. And I don't I don't feel anything. I don't feel the moving. Um, it does nothing. Yeah, it just, I think that was the weirdest thing was the moving. You could just be yeah. on moving. <laughs> yep, and it's it's hard to describe other than that it just feels so weird and so wrong. No, yeah, it's definitely not natural. And I mean, obviously it's a foreign object, but still yeah. it's just any kind of like that squeezing and they would do the yep. separation thing. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Like gives if you me chills. Are listening to it and you know, you know, you know, you yeah. know. <laughs> And that's, again, I'm like, it's so important that we talk about these things because there are, there are a lot of women out there who just say like, yeah, I got them and it's great and I love them. But like, there's a lot of things that can happen that are just little, little weird things like that to be aware of that, you know, might make a difference in somebody making a decision about whether to get implants or not. 
Yeah. And I mean, and let's not even talk about laying flat on your belly. Oh God. No. Laying flat on your belly, like even just laying on the couch or in your bed or to do um, rear delts at the gym, you know, I mean, I was terrified that they were going to bust. Like I would not put any kind of pressure on them like that. It just, it terrified me and it was not comfortable and it felt weird and they would do the separation thing again. And, uh, just as, yeah, I mean, it's just not comfortable. They weren't comfortable really and truly. Yeah. I remember, uh, like whether, when I was training or not, I, I love getting massages as part of like my recovery and self care. And I remember the first time I got a massage with them in and I had waited a long time too, because I couldn't even lay on my stomach, let alone have somebody press down on me while I was laying on them. And, um, yeah, I got yeah. to that point where I, I, I got one and was like, Oh no, this is not good. Like they're, they're going to burst. Like it, this does not feel comfortable. It, it was awful. I know. I'm so glad you said that about the massage because I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I would always feel it during my massage like that too. Yeah, Um, you're just aware and you can't relax. (laughs) No, no, totally. Yeah. No, that was definitely uh, one of the defaults. And now looking back, I'm like, oh man, like, thank goodness. You know, I mean, granted, it took me a while even now after I explained to be able to do all those things too. But now that I'm healed and recovered six months later, um, none of that stuff phases me. You know, I'm definitely fully healed as far as it goes with my chest and um, I'm working out and I mean, they're not tender anymore. I'm still doing things to help recover with them. You know, like I know a lot of people don't know, but you know, the cupping and Mm -hmm. grassing and dry needling. If you are a explanter or with any kind of surgery for that matter, all that stuff is so important. And I don't think a lot of women realize how important all of that is for your recovery, any kind of physical therapy, which I think also too, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here, but just, no, this is so important that women don't know is, you know, me being an athlete, I was baffled that that wasn't recommended to do physical therapy after surgery. Right. You know, like you don't think about it, but you're like, what happens when you tear your ACL? What happens when you have surgery? What happens when you tear any muscle? You go to physical therapy. You have to retrain that body part to work in the new way. Yep. And I never had to do that getting implants. And I wasn't told to do it afterwards either, but I chose to do it because I, I just know better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good for you. And that is, I'm so glad that you shared that because it is so important for women to understand, like, especially if you went under the muscle and they're having to cut open your muscle and re-suture your muscle together, you have to, when you're in a place where you're recovered enough, retrain your body retrain those those connections and those synapses so that your body is like firing how it's supposed to um yeah yeah there's so much that that can go wrong if you don't I know and and I mean I just you know thankfully I have we so I own a gym here with my husband and we have physical therapy in the back Mm. of our gym so I was more aware of all of that you know, going into the surgery that I would be doing physical therapy, whether I was told to or not, like I was just going to take that initiative on my own. Yeah. Um, but I just want women to know that if your doctor does not like prescribe it, then I would ask them to, because they're not going to, unless you ask them to, and you can't do it just on your own. Like right. you're going you need to a prescription. Have to get that. Yes. So don't be afraid to ask, even if they're like, no, you don't need it. You really, you just, you should. And even if they don't think that you do, I mean, it's just going to help you that much more. I mean, you really do need it. I hate to say that because I'm not a doctor. I can't legally say that. But I mean, when you look at all of the other things and any physical therapist will tell you too, that, yeah, when you have a surgery, you need to do some PT to get that body back to where it was or where it should be with this new way. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I mean, that's, I think, a big part of, you know, these conversations around um, the explant process and, and implants in general, plastic surgery in general, is teaching women to advocate more for their for their own bodies and for their health, because sometimes your doctor either just won't know or won't believe you or won't know how to advocate for you in the way that you need. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I, yeah, I did the physical therapy and, um, you know, as far as all that recovery stuff goes six months later, I'm really, really good there. I'm still doing physical therapy, but for multiple other things, cause I've had a lot of other issues that have kind of come about since explanting, um, like a bunch of neck issues and stuff, which I do think not cause the implants did not cause my neck issues, but they definitely did not help them mm, <laughs> when you definitely. have these foreign heavy balls sitting on your chest, you know, like it's, it's a different world when you are, you have those put on and out of nowhere and then you have them for nine years or however long women are having them. I had mine for nine years and then all of a sudden you remove them and your body is like trying to find its way of yeah. like in this new form. And it's like, it doesn't even know how to respond. So I've had a lot of other issues come about other than just your normal breast implant uh, illness symptoms, you know? So um, I'm still working on all of those, but as far as all the other breast implant symptoms, like I just, I really haven't had anything I, I don't even remember sometimes what some of them are because it's yeah. like you just like kind of move past that part in your life. Like, thank goodness like, oh, it's thank over. God. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you're just like, you're just, you want to shut it out and you're just, you don't even think about it or remember it anymore. Um, now for me, it's just mainly muscle skeletal stuff that I'm working on. Yeah. And okay, so you know, when we spoke before, you mentioned that you still get a lot of questions having shared your your story online. Um, so what are some of the most common questions that women are asking you um, when it comes to uh, ex the explant process? Just how do I feel? You know, like I just I feel like I'm asked that on a daily. Um, and that that's where I was like talking to you. I was like, I'm I've so confused because I feel like I you know just seeing my posts like I feel like I post stuff all the time I'm sharing stuff on my Instagram and like updating people and um so I think just what it is is just I think women are like wondering or thinking okay she was feeling good but how about now right <laughs> okay. like they're scared and, that there's going to be some fallout or like, yeah yeah yeah, totally. You know, and I think that that's what it is. And, and, you know, I know some people just don't, they miss stuff or don't see it, or they're not on social media a lot like that, that kind of comes about too, or they're new. Um, and they haven't ever followed me before or whatever. But I think a lot of times, because it'll be repeat questions, you know, or repeat yeah. women, I think they're, they're almost not that they want something to be wrong with you, but they're expecting it to kind of turn back or something so they just keep asking well how are you feeling well how are you feeling it's like we have same same thing as I was yesterday just trucking along yeah. you know so um and still yeah, happy no, with yeah. your decision yeah yeah no definitely um I uh I think yeah that that's a great question I think that I get asked too is are you happy with your decision um and I think that that's the more on the look side that they're asking, not necessarily the right. uh, how I feel side, but my response is usually always the same. Yes, I have my life back. I'm yeah. happy with my decision because yeah. me, regardless of how I look, I have my life back. Yeah, so. I think that's so important to reiterate that, like, especially if you've been struggling with symptoms, once you get the implants out, it it really almost doesn't matter how you feel about your appearance because you just feel so much great, so much better physically that yeah. that becomes the priority. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, I mean, again, I haven't gone into just like 
total depth of all of my symptoms. I think I've already said this, but I do have a YouTube. I don't know if you maybe want to link that just so the girls can go and watch that. And that would be so much easier for them to hear all my symptoms because it's literally laid out everything that I was experiencing. But there were days I told my husband that, you know, I gave him a kiss and I I just told him, I I don't know if I'm going to wake up in the morning. You know, I, I, don't know what's going to happen. I literally felt and thought I was dying. I mean, my days were that bad. So for especially the women who have those feelings of literally, you know, telling their family they should make funeral arrangements, it Mm -hmm. especially does not make a difference, you know, what, what I look like. So um, you know, I am, you know, for the record, I am happy with what I look like, but um, I'm more just thankful and grateful that I'm here living and walking and just doing anything remotely of what I was doing before because I literally didn't. And if I thought that I was going to live, I definitely thought that I wasn't going to live a good life because mm. I did not feel good. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think that, you know, a lot of people listening who might not have any experience with this might not realize like how how dark it can get and how painful it it can be to live in that place. Yeah, no, I mean, and especially when nobody knows anything. Right, right. Like, no, I think that that was one of, you know, outside of just being in the misery that I was and feeling the pain that I was the no answers, you know, doctor after doctor, after lab work, after, you know, test results, no answers. I mean, it's horrific. And you just think that this is it. You know, there's nobody knows what's wrong with me. I'm literally like, I can't walk. I was bedridden. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. I I just, you know, it was the end for me. I just Mm -hmm. felt it and I knew it. And for whatever reason, something kept me holding strong and being my own advocate and having, no, this is not going to be it and researching and looking, but you know, I, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very dark. It's very scary. And, um, you know, I hope that there are women who do have implants and they don't ever, ever feel anything remotely what I did. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that nothing ever goes wrong with them. I hope it's that their bodies can take it and they'll be fine. Or I hope that that opens their eyes and they decide, I don't even want to risk that. I'm going to just remove them so that I don't even have to dare try to experience any of that. Like, I don't even want to tempt it. You know, I, I, I hope that that's the case. But, you know, I know for a fact because I've talked to many other women who are not so lucky like myself and you and whoever else. Yeah. Well, and I'm so glad to, to hear that you are on the other side of it and feeling so much better already, even just in, in a few months. Yeah, no, thank you. It, it is. And I mean, I do. And I still sometimes, you know, there are those days where you're like, maybe, you don't feel like just a hundred percent. It's easy to, to not just go, Oh my God, is it coming back? Or, Oh my oh, God, yeah. is, am I not healed? Like you just, your instant thought is like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. No, like you have PTSD around like, it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, but you know, it's, it's, you do have to remember that you have to carry on with your life and not every little ache and pain and, feeling tired and fatigue and, you know, whatever pops up a pimple, like, I don't know, you know, just like the little things that before you never thought one little single bit about, but now you're instantly paranoid about it. Um, You just, you kind of have to carry on with your life and know that it's, you know, you are on the mend and it's going to take some time to heal and everybody's healing time is, is different and it's going to, you know, just be different for everybody. So just be patient with yourself. Don't try to look at anybody else's experience and say, why am I not at that point or whatever? Because everybody has a different, um, a different experience themselves. Yeah, it is so important to remember that. So mm-hmm. last last couple questions I want to ask. Um, 
kind of like parting words for the women who are listening. So first is, what would you say to any woman who's listening who is considering getting implants put in? Research. Please, just research. That's it. Because they're not, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, the doctors are not going to tell you all the things that you do need to hear. Mm -hmm. The good, the bad, it's just, you know, they're, they're not going to tell you those things. Research, talk to other women who do have implants and listen to the women who have explanted, listen to those stories, you know, and, and just, just research and have your eyes open. That's, that's all I can say, because if you're, you know, like I was saying earlier, like you are your own person, you're a big girl, you're going to make your own decision. I can't tell you that you shouldn't. And I can't tell you that you're going to get sick. And I can't tell you that you're not going to get sick because we don't know those things. So all I want you to do is have your eyes open, open and just research and be aware and make your decision from there. I love that. And then what would you, what advice um, or words would you share with any women listening who have implants in already and are maybe considering getting them explanted? Yeah, again, same kind of concept with that uh, research. Don't just, you know, I, I mean, because, you know, for me especially, I was super, super sick. So it was very you know, I always very adamant on like, I need to get these out right now because I was, I feared for my life, literally for my life. I just thought if, if I don't get these out now, then I'm, I'm, I will die, you know? Mm. Um, but if you're not on that like limb, then research and make sure that you get a good doctor for an explant. And, you know, if you, I mean, I, I know that it's sometimes hard for women to travel, but if you have to travel, then by all means, do it. Go to somebody who specializes in explanting or does them, um, you know, and, and just be aware and talk to other women who have explanted mm -hmm. and just, you know, just be prepared. You know, I, I, I want it to also be known that though I am feeling better and though things were pretty quick for me. Um, I mentioned it before, you know, I've been through an up and down situation. It hasn't just been all rainbows and unicorns. I don't want you to think that an explant is the magic eraser button mm -hmm. because it's not. It doesn't just make everything go away. It's going to take time and you're going to have to take, you know, you're not going to be able to just remove them and say, okay, that's it. I'm done. I should be better. Yeah. It's going to take you to heal yourself with all sorts of different things, whether that's food and nutrition and working out or what I've had to learn and which I'm so glad that I had met you because I started following you and all of your things, but I've had to do a lot of soul searching and mindfulness and meditating and calming, you know, because that, that stuff doesn't go away and it almost kind of gets worse, um, you know, there for a little while when you explant because you do think that you're just ready to go out into the world and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, just, just being patient. I know I get, I get so long winded, but I just, I want, I want everybody to just know everything that I felt. <laughs> yeah, so, no, this is um, such important stuff for, for people to hear. Thank yeah. you for sharing it. Yeah, absolutely. And so I know you mentioned um, that you posted more about this on um, your YouTube, but if people want to hear more about your story and the things that you're up to, and I know that you have coaching programs as well, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, you can follow me on Instagram. That's super easy. It's my name, Tani Eubanks McCoy. But if you are not on Instagram and you want to follow me through some other platforms, you can just go to my website. It's www.tanaubanks.com. And you can find everything on there. Um, I mean, I don't have my implant story on there in a blog post, um, but I have my YouTube channel, which the story is on there, and my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find everything on there. So. Okay, perfect. And we'll link all that in the show notes below. So for everybody who's listening, make sure you go and follow her and, um, you know, 
listen and watch to hear hear more about her story if you've got questions and I highly encourage you to reach out because she's obviously such a genuine and sweet and helpful person who's who's willing to share her story to make a difference for you all. So thank you so much for coming on today, Tana, and sharing. I, I appreciate it so much. Yeah, Megan, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy that you wanted to hear my story and were allowing me to share it. And I hope that it does help other women and um, you know, you're doing, you're doing awesome things with this podcast. And so, um, I just, I think it's so great. So kudos to you, honey. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, for every, everybody who's listening, um, as well, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you do know any women who would benefit from, from hearing Tana's story, um, or the rest of this breast, uh, implant series, I highly encourage you to share this episode with them, um, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can get updates on on all the latest episodes in the rest of this series and beyond and um, rate and review as well if you enjoyed it so that more people can get access to, to this information as well and as always until next time have a happy healthy day